you can pick out one step or one production line and do an experiment on how can this improve my situation. In this episode, we're talking to external consultants. How do they look at companies? Where do they start to automate? What technologies do they use? And how do they feel about AI? Tune in to find out more. In the Quality Leaders podcast, I discuss challenges and innovation in quality assurance in manufacturing. What keeps the industry experts awake at night? Where's innovation? What are the technologies behind it? And what role does artificial intelligence play in all this? Hello, today we have Ivo Bigaret, industry lead food at Delaware, Belgium. Hello, Ivo, welcome. Hi, Maxim. So, perhaps to make it relevant for our listeners, it's good to introduce yourself and maybe explain Delaware a little bit. Currently, my role is the industry lead for food companies. Where is a company which is active since many years in consulting. We started small 25 years ago, more or less, and we grew gradually to an international scale. Uh, what is nice about Delaware is that it, I think it kept its, uh, its company culture very well, the pragmatic culture, and also the type of customers which we have, the, co- the types of companies which we serve. We always are stayed in the same verticals, let's say, that's the way we call it. Our vertical is, for instance, the food industry for us, which is an, an important activity. So indeed, you told it, and it, Delaware is an international company. I understood that you have many divisions, amongst which food is one of them. Perhaps it's... Very good idea to position how is actually the Delaware food division positioning itself within the market? What type of companies do you approach? Is it small and medium enterprise companies? Is it only a role that is meant for big tech, big companies, multinationals? Well, we started typically at the small and medium sized enterprises, but we evolved. Now we're still faithful to this market. But also we're serving larger companies because initially we were mainly based around ERP solutions, but gradually we evolved to also more experience, more operational excellence and so on. So to other domains with niche applications as well, which may serve a different kind of companies. So indeed, you mentioned that you're gradually evolving to a bigger offering, offering more services. You've been at Delaware for quite some time. You said it, that the company division is already there for almost 25 years. So are you. Perhaps it's interesting to ask you, how have you indeed seen Evolve Delaware, Evolve the food market together maybe? over the past 20, 25 years? I think 25 years ago, especially the small and medium-sized companies were not that mature yet. So at that time, there was a lot of field work for basic ERP, basic processes, and which still needed to be automated. Today, there are still companies which are at that same stage of maturity. And, uh, but we also see quite some companies who made the steps in the past decades and we are now, let's say, working on next level processes, on, on improvements, on innovations. So it's, it's a different game plan for uh, quite some companies today. The landscape is also changing very fast. Huh? Think about bio products, which weren't a thing in the past. Huh? The scarcity of products, oils, due to the crisis, due to the war. Inflation, yeah? extreme price increase of critical components. And other yeah, very fast changing consumer requests, consumer preferences. So finding staff is one of them. Perhaps what is the best way for a company to position itself then today in this very insecure environment? Is it still useful to innovate or automate? 
Uh, yes, I think so. Um, indeed, the food companies are confronted with uh, a lot of challenges uh, today, uh, the, the macroeconomics, uh, the change in consumers, the environment. But I think that quite some actions which may be taken for the sake of solving these challenges can also be of a benefit in other areas. For instance, if you have the consumer, which is becoming more molding, which is more, let's say, variable also, it often leads at a lot of companies to a bigger product range. And a bigger product range, it means that you're also producing with smaller production lot sizes. Now, if you learn to deal with smaller production lot sizes in your planning processes, for instance, it also helps in improving customer service and it also helps to reducing inventories, so thus reducing costs. So working on one X can also be beneficial for, let's say, classical access cost reductions, the growth of revenue. Indeed, it makes sense that indeed the lower, for example, stock means less frozen money. So if I were a food producer, food manufacturer, and I want to, of course, automate my process, some of the processes, my entire process doesn't really matter, I think, in this question I have for you. So you have, of course, an automated production line or partially, then you would have less required workforce, which means less hands. Of course, the big benefit is that in the scarcity of finding these people, that's an advantage. But especially in these smaller production batches with these higher differences within these batches, especially that human insight, that human flexibility as both on the production, the quality assurance, as well as, for example, at sudden human required actions, this human labor, human flexibility is especially useful. How would you tell then an SME manager to, to tackle that or what factor could convince these people to still automate? I think the scarcity of resources is the, is a fact which is clearly present for the last couple of years. So what automation can do for you is let's say mainly focus on eliminating repetitive tasks, but let's say the interpretation of measurements, for instance, the interpretation of what a machine can offer you as insights, that's still the human activity. So there is a shift of, let's say, less repetitive work, but still you need your skilled workforce, your specialists to master, in fact, the process and to make the necessary improvements also to judge about required innovations. Yeah. So actually to make a short resume, it's about maybe getting a more steady production, a more steady quality output, but in balance also with outsourcing these repetitive, boring tasks, which for humankind are just never a challenge, never a pleasant to execute. It would indeed tackle those overall, making the work experience for your people in the production, a more nice, a more pleasurable, a more challenging, human-worthy experience. That's what I take out of it. That's correct. The automating is not only avoiding this, let's say, but it's also improving quality at the same time. And because repetitive tasks, they all always go with a certain percentage of things which are overlooked, which are not seen anymore because the human brain cannot manage a perfect repetitive quality control, for instance. So for that reason, automation is also a need to go to a, to grow to a better quality level. Yeah, exactly. And within this new yeah, environment where there is a lot more automation that before wasn't possible, perhaps what's the, I can ask about the trends, but also maybe first, what is the number one thing then that as a quality assurance manager, I would have to focus on today? I think in, in most companies, there is an enormous amount of data 
Uh, also, knowing that MES systems have been implemented over the, in, in the course of years, ERP systems, other quality measurement systems, whatever. So there's an enormous amount of data. So the challenge usually is now to interpret data, to do something with it, uh, to, to exploit it so that you can your whole process. Yeah. So actually new insights that come forward yes. or big data like maybe. Yeah, indeed. And so in this journey, why would an SME manager call Delaware, call you to guide them? I would say there are two reasons. At first, um, there's a lot of, let's say, drive from technology. Technologies are evolving very quickly and it's very difficult as a company to follow all these, all these evolutions. So that's why people often appeal for specialists who follow the technology. But the second argument is that, let's say, external consultants, they in a lot of, in a, in a big variety of different companies. So it means we, we see a lot what's happening at other companies. And so we can also see what is successful in other companies and give some advice on, on let's say, what went well in other places, what are quick benefits, for instance. Yeah, for example, and sharing best practices, you don't have to reinvent the light again. That's a good saying that I would find appropriate with your explanation. Maybe then zoom in. Maybe there is a prejudice in the industry, some idea that's core living, that's living within potential customers, potential manufacturing clients of yours that are actually false. So ideas that are false in the market that you would like to tackle then. Prejudice is that there is still, that systems and tools are still like monoliths and that you have the big ERP for administrative processes, the big MES for operational things, the big CRM for growing your sales. And but in practice, that a lot of niche technologies and niche apps have, have also appeared and the boundaries between all applications is becoming much more vague. So the trick becomes to link the exact components and to put them in, in, in the right place, let's say. And yeah. We also see quite some new startups and Delaware is, for instance, working together closely with a, with a number of startup companies and who fill the gaps and who build, let's say, extensions to the technology. And that's what some companies still don't see, that, that there is this more a landscape of apps, in fact, which is appearing rather than having only monolith performing all automation tasks. Yeah, and again comes forward the value, the position, the added value of having an external expert helping you in this journey. Yeah. Okay. There is a lot of trend, a lot of new technologies, a lot of apps that fill in the gaps where traditional monoliths, traditional software, legacy software, call them the what you want, are of course not sufficient, not helping enough. Perhaps maybe zoom in because there's been a lot about AI, computer vision and other technologies. Maybe you can Tell us a little bit more specifically, like what specific quality control problems can be solved by automation today that before any of perhaps these technologies were unable to automate. Maybe you can give more in, in light of a, an example, if you can, an example of what you could realize today to sketch to the audience to their imagination, to appeal to the imagination. I think in the past, quality control was often done on, let's say, the product level, where you produce a product and you measure the quality which you have produced. Now, with uh, with vision systems and with, let's say, automated tools, you can go earlier in the chain and you can do an early detection. For instance, by monitoring the production process itself, rather than only the end product. 
but also going more to the beginning of the chain. For instance, if you were processing field crops, it can be very interesting to measure by fission systems, for instance, the quality which you receive. And even maybe earlier, even the quality of the crops in the, in the field at the farmer. So the more, the earlier you can detect things, vision systems can see things which the human eye cannot always detect. The earlier you detect things, the less you spend, in fact, cost producing things which you can already predict that the quality at the end will not be sufficient. Yeah. That's something that automation and new technology can help with, that is the early detection, avoiding useless costs in, in producing a material which at the end appears to be low quality. So indeed, perhaps kicking a product out or preventing a production run from stopping before the full chain of value creation ever even starts, which is total loss, of course, of human and other resources. Mm -hmm. So maybe shed a little bit insight on, say, I want to automate, say, I want to implement a technological solution. What would that roadmap or what would the right way to move forward with this be for you? I think as it's always, yeah, it's new technology often which you apply and new for the company where it's implemented. So I would always start small with experiments. You don't need to think of automating a complete factory when you're thinking about new technologies. You can pick out one step or one production line and do an experiment on how can this improve my situation. Also calculate the return on investment. Eh? Suppose you invest in a solution which on one production line reduces the scrap during um, the changeover between production runs with 100k, which is really nothing. You can have a payback of an investment of let's say 20k in new technology in, in less than one year. So just by doing these small things, you can make this the first steps and then learn about where this new technology can bring benefit yeah. in a very predictable way. So actually before even starting, it would be possible for you to offer before starting the actual implementation that is, you can actually shed some insights to the manager on the exact expected ROE time. Yes, I think it's the auto automation is one of the type of projects with the best predictability of, of return of, of investments. As you can predict, especially with limited experiment, we can expect pretty well what the costs will be. And if you can prove what the benefit is, and even if the benefit is small on a daily basis, can easily be calculated what, what the return is on the lower term. Yeah. Uh, so actually a more intelligent way of product development and a smart way of yeah, doing that. So let's say that I'm doing a bulk production and there's this transient phenomena where there might be cross contamination. Let's say today I produce nuts and after I'm producing chocolate bars, I've had, for instance, that I'm not allergic to nuts, but I can imagine people who are allergic to nuts might be afraid that when they eat the chocolate bar, it contains nuts because the warning is always there. It's very clearly some mistaken. So in that way, there is, of course, changeover losses, as they would say. Do you see computer vision and technology helping that? How should a manager maybe benefit from it. It's all about the detection and seeing exactly when the product is, let's say, going from, or the production line is going from product one to product two. There's always this change over. And today we see companies who 
cut, let's say, a big part between a big changeover quality, uh, which they actually scrub or they need to re reuse in the process. But that's often just based on kind of a security or some habits from the past. Instead of really detecting from which stage on the new product, the product which you're producing next is in fact of the correct quality. So that's a huge, marg huge margin for preventing food loss. Yes. Right. So perhaps we can zoom in on some market trends that make you enthusiastic about food production today, but also in the near future. Are there any trends that you'd like to talk about or maybe, yeah, shed an idea on how you see the future of automation? I think that there's still a lot of uh, possibilities. If you think, for instance, about ready meals, uh, ready meals is the growing market. If we would link it to the, the trend of personalization, there's lots of opportunities. I think for instance, uh, in the first stage at hospitals or elderly homes where they need personalized food, uh, maybe not even for the person itself, but even on based on instantaneous measurements of the health uh, of the minds or other parameters which are measured, it offers a lot of opportunities. And if companies, for instance, would be able to master that process towards hospitals, elderly homes, it would also open a complete picture for the conscious consumer in general. Because suppose you, as a producer of industrial food, you could offer the same personalizations uh, as what you can get in a restaurant, for instance, and might be an enormous gap, which you can overcome, let's say, an enormous competitive advantage compared to other of their companies. And the market is huge. Huh? It's only mm -hmm. growing, of course. Only elderly care, of course. Yeah, it's true. Maybe the billion-dollar question in that way. What do you think is necessary for the market? For What are the drivers, do you believe, are next needed to realize that? Specifically for personalization of food? Yeah, perhaps the technical delta also. So how far maybe away are we? Well, quite a lot still. First of all, you need capabilities in product development, the relations, for instance, of how ingredients can be replaced, how certain quality levels or proteins or whatever can be obtained in a specific food. That's one thing. Second is production is also a challenge, of course. A personalized food, it may come together with other technologies like 3D printing, for instance, of food. Huh? And third, also knowing the market, eh, how to address the consumer, whether it's in a hospital or whether it's the conscious consumer at home in front of his PC, or how to address this, so this personalized need um, that he can express. Can't help but thinking of all these IoT devices we are starting to wear. For example, the smartwatches that mm -hmm. gather data of our heart rate. But I've heard other parameters being monitored as well. And indeed, getting all of that data together, I hear that there's a lot of data requirement, allergies, for example, but also how do we indeed get a balanced diet to the people, proteins, balanced out with carbs, with fats. There's indeed a lot of opportunity also. And I believe indeed managing all of that data and getting automated production because you cannot make it all manually and individually for everybody. So I hear a lot of, yeah, growth potential for AI here. How do you see the value of AI then evolving in the next few years in regards to your example, but also maybe in general, how do you see that evolving? 
I think the role will all only increase knowing that what we already discussed, the amount of data is increasing, so there's an enormous amount of data which need to be interpreted. First, the, the AI can offer the insights. It can, in fact, can filter the data and bring back insights of it, which then can be interpreted by specialists manually. For example, in product development will never have all a computer doing all the job. The computer can help, the AI can help in, let's say, identifying trends, in identifying potential substitutes for uh, for components and what, whatever, uh, but it will never completely replace the human factor at the end. Mm. Yeah. yeah, indeed, yeah. The human that invented the AI in the end, right? Hopefully. Then a good one to end, and it's a fun one, I think. If you had an unlimited budget, what type of food innovation or what food innovation would you personally invest in? Uh, I would try to combine all kinds of sensors, in fact, vision sensors or vision systems or other sense sensors. And I would dream of an environment where, in fact, the perfect monitoring of not only food safety, but also food flows as throughout the factory would be, let's say, transparent and would be 100% secure. I think even these systems could also maybe replace quite some manual scanning operations, which are done today, and just to monitor a good product, which is placed from one place to another. Yeah, instead of having to scan it, also a vision system can monitor it. So you can also not only track your quality, but also your flows, I would guess. And these are, let's say, uh, bringing all these things together to the automated, to the fully automated, ideally factory, that, that would be a dream. So creating the factory of the future. Yeah, that's the word. Mm. Also very excited to see that. And indeed it's getting together. You mentioned it correctly. A lot of sensor, it's vision, it's temperature, it's vibrations, it's humidity. There's of course, yeah, when talking about food. It's about food that comes in, it's during the process, it's how it's being packaged, it's indeed stock management. There is a lot going on, eh? digital, green, big data, there's a lot of trends and I think we covered most of them, if not all. But then I thank you very much, Ivo, for your time today. It was very interesting. It was nice having you here. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. And have a nice day. That's it, folks. Hope you liked it. If you did, follow the RoboVision page. Follow my page. Leave us a like, of course, or a comment. If there's anything you'd like me to talk about quality-related, leave it in the comments and we'll be for sure considering it. Take care.